still, you don't want to think of your mom having sex with anyone, but especially her cousin. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. And welcome to episode 154. And I just love my intro music. I asked my husband to write me a song that embodies how I was feeling when I found out I was an NPE. And he is, I guess I'd call it like an electronic musician. Uh, He works with synthesizers and he has a little sound system set up downstairs. And he came up with a few different songs and then tweaked it for me. And I said, oh, I want it to feel a little more sad because that's how I feel some days. (laughs) So the intro music that you just heard, I have to credit to my husband, Graham Wood, And I just like to mention that once or twice a season so that he gets credit for that song that you just heard. I have a resource I would like to share at the beginning of the episode. Uh, We had a guest on named Annette. I believe her story was Annette's story. I don't remember the number of the episode, but it was Annette Beckland, and she came on the podcast a couple years ago. And she just sent me her book called Ancestry Discoveries, What Happens Under the Sheets Doesn't Stay There, a memoir by Annette L. Beckland. I'm really excited to read this book. Thank you, Annette, for sending this to me. I know I will see her. She'll be one of the authors at the Untangling Our Roots Summit coming up March 30th and April 1st in 2023. So I wanted to point that book out. It's been going around online in the NPE forums, and feel free to grab yourself a copy on Amazon if you're interested in reading it. Okay, we are going to listen to our NPE today share her story, and today I am speaking with Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Lily. Nice to talk to you, finally. So nice to finally talk to you. Yes. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Um, I just wanted to tell you I've listened to all 153 episodes, and um, you're doing such a great thing for the NPE community. It's it's just really helpful to hear other people's stories. Oh, my gosh. You've listened to all of them. Nancy, I love that. Thank you. Oh, I wait for them to come out every week. <laughs> Oh, that's so great. Well, thank you for waiting to share your story. And uh, since you've listened to so many of these, you know the format inside and out. I do. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to pass it over to you. I don't know your story. So why don't you go ahead and tell us who was in your your family of origin? Okay. Um, I will start with my early life. 
I was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in 1950, which makes me 73 now. My parents both came from big Irish families. My mom was one of 11. My dad was one of eight. Uh, my mom's parents actually immigrated from Ireland in the early 1900s. My dad was also Irish, but I didn't know much about his history or who came over when. When I talk about my dad, that will mean my birth certificate father, the, the father who raised me it, during the podcast. Um, also, just wanted to let you know, because I, I may forget to mention it, all three parents involved, birth mother, birth certificate father, and biological father are all deceased. Uh, I found out I was an NP after all were gone. I was conceived when my parents were married seven years. Um, my mom said that she had miscarried early in her marriage. She had been five months pregnant and miscarried. And she said it was the only time that she saw my father cry. I always felt ripped off because I hated being an only child. And I feel like, you know, I should have had that sibling that miscarried. But in any case, um, I had tons of cousins on both sides because, you know, their families were so big. I especially was close to the cousins on my dad's side. We spent a lot of time in each other's houses, the aunts and uncles, and uh, I just loved being around them. We had a, I would say, a good middle-class life. Um, my dad worked for the railroad. Um, he had a, an auto repair shop on the side. My mom stayed home, and she was a great mother. Um, I was very spoiled. I was an only child and she didn't make me do any work around the house. And it was always kind of a bone of contention between her and my dad. But anyway, she was very pretty, very smart, very classy, you know, didn't raise her voice, um, you know, very intelligent. Um, but she, she was a good mom. I, I will give her that. Um, my dad treated me normally. He didn't uh, there was nothing to give me any clue growing up that anything was amiss. Uh, he took me places when I was a little kid, took me to the rides on the boardwalk, um, you know, that, that type of thing. Later on, I became a rebellious teenager and our relationship was a little contentious then, but I think that would happen in, in any family. But all my life, my dad's drinking was a problem. He would come home drunk and he would ruin family plans. We would plan to go to visit the cousins and he would come home drunk. Um, I worried when I had school functions that he would reek of alcohol or be drunk. And a lot of really serious things happened, um, you know, in conjunction with his drinking. I was too young to really know what was going on. But in hindsight, I wonder why my mom put up with that and why she didn't leave him. Um, give you a couple examples. Um, like every car that we had, he would wind up smashing up and getting in an accident because of his drinking. Another example was um, he would—he was notorious for starting projects and never finishing them. So at one point, he was building a two-car detached garage onto our home. He knew how to do it. He had the you know heavy equipment and everything, and he started it. And after he tore everything up, he just left it there and didn't finish. And my mother was disgusted, and so she hired a contractor to finish it. Well, he came home. I'm sure he was probably drunk. And he got the piece of heavy equipment, and he rammed it into the garage that the contractor had just finished. So my mom had to get the contractor back, you know, finish the garage. But 
those types of things. I just wonder how my mom stayed with him after all that. But it gets worse. Uh, when I was in my mid-teens, he became involved in some shady and even illegal activities in conjunction with his auto repair shop. But he was a skilled liar, and my mom was oblivious and naive, and so she didn't know what he was doing, and I was too young to realize that anything was wrong. He eventually got fired from his railroad job. He had a good job, you know, it was a good job with a pension, but he got caught drinking on the job, so he was fired. My mom worked full-time, you know, for fun, but eventually she had to work full-time. In my later teens, he was actually arrested, and it was in conjunction with, again, his auto repair business. He got involved with some stolen car stuff. Um, he got arrested. They had to sell. We had one home that we lived in. We had a rental home as well, and they had to sell both homes to pay for his legal fees. We moved into an apartment. Um, he wasn't around much. He would be gone on weekends, and he told my mom, again, you know, the skilled liar, he told my mom that he was driving a tractor trailer on the weekends, you know, on long hauls. So um, I knew they were having problems. I was 16 and I, it was Christmas Eve when I was 16 and my dad and I were going out shopping for my mom's gifts. Um, that was our tradition. We would always wait till the last minute and shop for her on Christmas Eve. And I said to him, do you still love mommy? And he said, uh, I don't know. And I thought, oh, geez, that's the wrong answer. And I said, well, do you love anybody else? And he said, I think so. And I thought, oh, dear Lord. And so I didn't say anything. I didn't want to know anything further. And we got to the mall and we got out of the car. And he said to me, she would like to meet you. And I said, who? And he just looked at me and kind of winked. And I knew he meant this woman. And I just, I didn't even know what to say, Lily. I mean, you know, my dad's hitting a 16-year-old kid with this information. It, it was like our little secret, you know. Um, and that night, my parents were decorating the Christmas tree. Everybody always waited till Christmas Eve to do the trees. And um, I went upstairs to bed and I was just crying my eyes out because I, I never told my mom this. It was like he really burdened me with this secret. And I didn't want to hurt my mom. And I, I like, didn't want to betray my dad, you know. So... Um, that was that was really something that I think, you know, it really affected my my childhood. He, after that first arrest, he had been on probation, but he later got tangled up in another mess. And he told us that he had to skip town uh, because he was going to be arrested and put in jail. My mom actually helped him with some money. Um, she cashed in some of her savings bonds and she actually gave him some money. And he takes off and he leaves for California. Um, we later find out that he left with the other woman that he had told me about. Um, and the reason we found that out is her husband, she was married. Her husband shows up at my mom's door with their little boy and says, your husband left with my wife. So that was how my mother found out the story. So it sounds like a soap opera so far, doesn't it? Oh, I mean, that's terrible. I know. Oh, 
<laughs> anyway, so um, at that point, I was I was 22. I just wanted to kind of give you the timeline here. Um, he moved to the West Coast, and I didn't keep in touch with him much um, because I was loyal to my mom. He died in 1999, and it, it didn't really affect me because he had been gone for 25 years. But even though he left, you know, in the 70s, we still kept in touch with his family, with his um, brothers and sisters, you know, my aunts and uncles and my cousins, because I loved them all so much. About seven years ago, my, I was talking to a cousin. She's actually a second cousin. Hadn't talked to her in years, and we were catching up. And um, she tells me in this conversation that my dad, she didn't like my dad very much. And I said, why? And she said he um, made a move on her when she was only 16 and he was in his 40s. And I was like, oh, my God, this just gets worse. Um, she told me that he, she had taken her car to him. Her mother said uh, she was having problems with her car. Take your car over to, you know. Uh, uncle so-and-so and he'll fix it. And she did. And he took her out to lunch and on the way back, he pulled over and he made a move on her. And she said, she said no, and he didn't force himself on her, but that was enough for me to hear. Um, you know, by this time now he's, he's dead to me. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I had, um, even though he had done all that stuff to my mom, I still would post his picture for Veterans Day and for Father's Day and all that. But after she told me that, he was dead to me. And all the pictures got scrubbed from my Facebook. You know, that was that was the end of him. And um, just as a side note, later on, uh, during all this NPE discovery, I found out from another cousin an even worse story about him. So, which I won't go into, but... He, you know, really was just an awful, awful person. Um, I guess the next part of the story is how I discovered I was in NPE. On my mom's side, she, like I said, had a lot of siblings. She was very close to them. They had family picnics every year. This year will be actually the 64th year of the family picnic. Um, in 2019, it was the 60th anniversary of the picnic. And so I decided I was going to do color coded t-shirts for everyone based on the branch of the family that they came from. I put myself in pink. I figured probably none of the other boy cousins would want to wear pink. And, and, uh, my mom was gone by that time. So, and my son wasn't there. So I was going to be the only one in pink. This will tie into the NPE story later. Um, I wasn't on 23 or Ancestry at that time. I hadn't done my DNA or joined them. But one of my cousins on my mom's side was. And a woman named Mary had gotten in touch with her. She had discovered that her birth father was part of our family. Um, I'm going to call him Jack O'Doul, not his real name. Uh, he was a first cousin of my mom and her siblings. He had gotten Mary's mom pregnant when her mom was 17, he was 29. And um, her mom was living in Philadelphia with her sister going to school. And I don't know how she and Jack happened to run into each other or start a relationship, but they did. She got pregnant. 
And once she was pregnant, he dumped her and the baby. Um, she had to go back to Wisconsin, where she was from, and go into an unwed mother's home and have the baby and put the baby up for adoption. And that baby is Mary that got in touch with my cousin. Um, so being that our parents were first cousins, that would make Mary my second cousin. Mary had a great life. She had uh, wonderful adopted parents. Um, she had an accomplished career. She retired as a Navy commander, which is impressive for anybody, much less a woman. Um, and, but for the past decade, she had been trying to find information about her birth family. So when she connected via Ancestry DNA with my cousin, my cousin said, hey, we're having our family picnic soon, the 60th anniversary, why don't you come? So she came. She drove all the way from Wisconsin to come to the picnic. I ordered her a pink t-shirt because, you know, I wanted her to feel part of the group. And I said, you know, Jack O'Doul, your birth father, is actually my godfather. So I feel connected to you. So all day we were kind of joking, calling each other sis. Um, but I didn't know Jack. Um, he was also in the military. He was a career military person. And so he never lived around us. So I didn't know him. Um, but the, the interesting fact is that he also retired as a Navy commander. So Mary had his Navy commander DNA in her, which was really unbelievable. Anyway, um, I was wondering, though, this is a tangent that I'll go on for a second. I didn't understand why he was my godfather. Um, my mother had brothers that she loved, and I didn't understand why she would have asked him to be my godfather. Um, I asked her at one point, why did you make Jack my godfather? And she said, her face just lit up, and she said, oh, Jack, you know, he's, he's my cousin. He's the best. And she didn't really give me any details, but her face was just, she looked like she was smitten with him. And it was just kind of weird. Um, and then in 1979, this is still part of the tangent, um, he was in town, Jack was in town, and he called my mom and he asked her to go to dinner while he was in town. So he came up and I met him and we took, we took pictures and um, he took my mom out and she didn't get home till like four in the morning. And I was frantic. We didn't have any cell phones back then. And I was, um, you know, wondering what could they be doing out till four in the morning? Did they go to an after hours bar? It just didn't make sense. They were both in their fifties. Anyway, she gets home and she um, looked, you know, I was, mom, where were you? She looked a little bit disheveled. Uh, she had like a little smirk on her face. She looked like she had been drinking and just the look on her face. She didn't even say anything. And I just thought, oh no, you know, it looks like maybe some hanky panky went on between the two of them. And I was completely disgusted because first of all, you don't want to think of your mom. Now my dad was long gone, right? But Jack was married. Um, Still, you don't want to think of your mom having sex with anyone, but especially her cousin. So I was um, 
you know, really disgusted. I never said another word to her and I never sold, I never told anybody else that story. And then continuing with the tangent story, um, when this picnic was coming up, the 60th anniversary when Mary was coming into town from Wisconsin, I mentioned it to an older cousin, my oldest cousin, actually, on my mom's side. And, um, you know, telling her that Mary was coming into town and how Mary fit into the family. And she said, well, your mom and Jack O'Doul were close. And then she paused and she said, very close. And when she said that, I thought, what does she mean by very close? And I flashed back to the 1979 four in the morning incident. And I thought, oh, no, what does she mean by that? Um, And she would have been a teenager uh, when my parents were married and around the time I was conceived. So did she see something? You know, she actually lived with my parents for a while. So I didn't know what she knew, but I didn't ask her. I didn't want to know. All I knew was it didn't sound good. Um, So just keep those things in mind because they're going to come into play later. Um, So back to the story. Mary comes to the picnic. We become Facebook friends and we keep in touch. And the following year, 2020, I did a 23andMe test. It was on sale and I was looking for the ethnicities. I knew I was mostly Irish, um, but I wanted to see. I knew they could specify what actual towns your ancestors came from. And I just wanted to see whether they could do that because I knew where my mom's uh, parents were from in Ireland. Um, My dad's parents, that was the other thing. I didn't really know much about when they came over and I I wanted to see if it could help me with that. Um, And when I got the test back, they were correct. You know, they they identified the right towns. And uh, so uh, I looked at the DNA relatives. That wasn't really the purpose of my doing the test, but I looked at them. And I saw first, uh, you know, some first cousins on my mom's side that I knew, but my very top DNA match was listed as a first cousin. I'm going to call her Carol Cole. It's not her real name. Um, I didn't know her name and I know all my first cousins. So uh, I was like, who who is this? Um, She had no information in there. She had no surnames in there. She had never made mother's maiden name. She had no family tree. So she had no information about who she was. So I asked my uh, family, we have a family Facebook group. And I said, does anybody know who this Carol Cole is? And my cousin, Tommy writes back and he says, I don't know, but she showed up on my uh, test too. I said, oh, that's weird. But, you know, you're thinking, yeah, you're not sure how accurate that the DNA actually is. So I kind of let it go for a while. But I was still curious about it. So I sent Carol Cole a message. And I said, I'm, I'm related to you. You're listed as my first cousin. You know, wondering what your other names in your family are. And and she said um, her mother's name was O'Doul. And I said, Oh, okay. I said, uh, the O'Doul's were my mom's first cousins. I said, and actually your uncle Jack, your mom's sister is my godfather. But then I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a minute. I know how cousin relationships work. If our parents were cousins, she should be my second cousin, not my first cousin. And she certainly shouldn't be my top DNA match. 
But again, I still thought it was maybe a glitch with DNA. Then all of a sudden, literally one night, I was sitting here and I thought, oh dear, what if Jack slept with my mother and he's actually my birth father? That would make Carol Cole my first cousin. So, you know, what if he slept with my mom, not just Mary's teenage mom? That would make him my my birth father, Carol, my first cousin. And so I asked my cousin, Tommy, I said, hey, Tom, did she show up as your first cousin or your second cousin on your uh, DNA report? And he said, my second. And that's what she should have shown up as mine on, but she showed up as my first. And then I realized my suspicion about this whole thing was, was coming true. That, you know, he would... Jack was actually my birth father. I, I, my reaction was I was nauseous. I, I just felt like throwing up. I went to bed. I cried every night for nights on end. I wanted to, I felt like taking a shower and trying to wash his DNA out of my system. I was, I was so upset, but I couldn't tell anyone. I didn't have actual proof, but I did tell Mary, the one that came to the picnic, because if this is true, this is going to make her my half sister, not my second cousin. She was wonderfully supportive during all this. We were joking about it in the beginning. You know, I said, Hey, I might actually be your, your half sister. And she said, well, you know, there was a reason must've been a reason you put me in that pink t-shirt at the picnic. And, you know, we were kind of joking about it. But the only way I could prove it for sure was to take the ancestry test. Remember, in the beginning, I took 23. She took ancestry. So I took an ancestry test. And if my suspicions were correct, she would show up as my half-sister. And when I got the results, May 15, 2020, she was my top DNA match. You know, ancestry always puts them at, groups them as close family, first cousin, but she was 1,842 Santa Morgans. So she was my half sister. Um, she later took the 23andMe test just to confirm, and she was also my half sister there too. Some of my um, dads, my cousins on my dad's side, had also taken ancestry. And they were on ancestry, but we shared no DNA. So that was that was proof. My first reaction was, besides wanting to throw up, was I was so angry with my mom. And not that she cheated. Um, things happen. I don't know what my dad was doing at that time. Um, but first of all, cheated with your cousin. They were both in their late 20s. They weren't kids. Um, and Oh, by the way, um, Jack slept with my mom in 1949 to get, you know, when I got conceived. And he slept with Mary's teenage mom in 1950. So he really got around town. Um, but the main thing I felt was that in choosing Jack to be my godfather, she really disrespected my dad who, you know, uh, she had just slept with Jack 
And then she has him at the church standing next to my dad, you know, standing as the godfather. And it just was like, how, how could you do that? You know, you knew you slept with him, whether or not you knew I was his baby, you know, you slept with him. And I, I just couldn't understand the logic of that. So now, in addition to um, taking all the Facebook pictures down of my dad, now I took everything down of my mom, too, because now they're both dead to me. Took all the pictures in the house down. Um, I haven't thrown them out yet, but I took them all down. I just, I didn't even want to, I didn't even want to see her. I was so mad. I started asking my older cousins on my mom's side if they had ever heard any rumors of this and they said no I wanted to go back to the oldest cousin remember the one that said they were close very close I wanted to go back to her and ask her well what why did you say that but by this time she was living with her kids she was not in good health and her kids didn't want me to talk to her because they thought she would get upset and it would aggravate her heart condition or whatever it was so that was, you know, put on hold. I didn't tell my cousins on my dad's side. I figured they, they probably wouldn't know anything about it. Um, my dad's sister was still alive. She was one of my favorite aunts, and she was 95. I didn't want to upset her. Um, his cousin, He also had a cousin in her 80s that I was very close to, and but she had terminal cancer. So I certainly didn't want to upset her. So months go by, his sister dies, my aunt, and but my cousin with the cancer is still hanging in there, and she's still in chemo, and she's you know seems to be um, hanging in pretty well. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to ask her. I, I have nothing to lose at this point, and just see if she happens to know anything. So this is where the bombshell part of the story comes in. So up to this point. Lily, I had thought my mom slept with her cousin, got pregnant, may or may not have known whether I was his or my dad's. And of course, I thought my dad, you know, assumed I was his baby. His cousin tells me that at a wedding in the 1980s, my dad was drunk. It was a family wedding. My dad had flown in from the West Coast. My mom and I were not at this wedding. Dad was drunk and he tells her that I was not his, he knew that I was not his child because, and he knew it because he was sterile. <laughs> um, so that was bad enough. Um, also, he suspected his brother of being my real father, his younger brother. Oh. My cousin said, I said, how did this conversation come up? She said, I don't know. And I said, well, did you, say, like, did you ask him why he suspected that or anything? And she said, no, she was so dumbfounded by this whole thing that she didn't say anything. So um, I said, she, she said, well, who is your real father? And I told her, Jack O'Doul, my mom's cousin. She said, no, that name never came up. So at this point, Lily, I'm thinking, what in the hell kind of marriage did my parents have? Hmm. Did she, how did she go to my father and say she's pregnant? Did she, did she just say like the doctors must have been wrong? You're not sterile. You must not be sterile after all. 
because I'm pregnant. And I could kind of see my mom doing that. Did he never confront her on how did you get pregnant? I'm sterile. You know, I mean, she was just really lucky that I looked just like her, you know, that I didn't look like either one of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the real father. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether Jack actually knew he was my birth father, but knowing my mom, she was a master secret keeper. She never shared with her family any of the stuff my dad did, you know, back in the days when he was doing all that stuff. She never told her family any of that. Um, In the 70s, uh, after my dad left, she was dating a man, which she had every right to do. My dad was gone. And she dated him for the longest time. And she never told me. And I found out through, I was friends with the guy's son. And the guy's son says to me, your, um, your mom's dating my dad. And I was like, what? And I find out that that was in fact true. And she just kept it as a secret from me. I guess she didn't want me to think badly of her for, for dating, you know? Um, so that's the kind of thing that she did all the time is keep these secrets. So therefore I think she probably wouldn't have told Jack outright that he was the father, but maybe just asking him to be the godfather was the little wink and a nod, you know? But in any case, he was a, pardon my French, he was a shitty godfather. I mean, he didn't, I never heard from him. I never got a card from him. So if that was her intent to have him involved with me somehow, that that didn't work out. Um, I still don't know why my dad would have suspected his brother. His brother was... Uh, was 18 when I was conceived. I think his brother also lived with them. That was in the days in the forties when families, you know, would get split up and parents would die young and, you know, the younger kids could get shipped off to stay with the siblings. Um, So I think my, my uncle did maybe live with them for a while. Um, I don't know if my mom slept with him too, or if my dad just suspected that, but I just, uh, just think this, this marriage with all the secrecy and, and lies is, um, I don't understand it. It it just sounds like a horrible situation all around. So what has happened since then? Um, I did eventually tell the rest of the cousins on my dad's side, the ones that I'm close to, and they have been wonderful. They, nothing has changed with them. Um, Cousins for life, you know, um, they've been great. We still get together and nothing's different at all. Um, Mary and I, my new half sister, uh, we are still in touch. We are both happy to have a new, you know, a newfound sister. And we both um, share a hatred of our birth father because of what he did in both situations. Um, And we really were connected at that picnic. We just didn't know how closely at the time. We also have two half-sisters by Jack O'Doul's marriage. He was married later in the 50s after he, you know, knocked up everyone in Philadelphia. Um, one 
he had two daughters by this marriage. One of the daughters has actually done an ancestry DNA test. Um, she is now my top DNA match. I don't know if they know. I don't know if she's looked at her DNA relatives. Um, I don't want any relationship with them. Um, and neither does Mary. Um, we don't need to know anything about more about our birth father than we already know. And I certainly don't think his daughters would probably want a relationship with us. Um, from what I can see on their Facebook, um, he died in 2016. What I can see on their Facebook posts is they adored him. Um, but remember, he slept with my mom in 1979 and he was married. So he was still running around. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much they know about that. Um, and their mother is still alive. Um, I've told a bunch of close friends in, in addition to family. And I have to say, the reactions have been very awkward. Um, people don't know what to say when you say your mother slept with a cousin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, some have defended her, you know, like, well, she was a good mom. Uh, I guess they're trying to make me feel better. Um, some others, you know, like some of my cousins, she was like a saint to them and they don't want to hear it. You know, they don't want to hear me say anything bad about her, but they're not the victims here. I am, you know, um, or they, or they say, well, you know, she might've just been really in love with him. And I said, well, yeah, but why would she disrespect my father like that? They'd only been married seven years. And she asked this guy that she slept with, with to be my godfather I, nobody can justify that every time I bring that up they're like yeah you're right I, I don't know so that's really the part um, that I that I am most upset with that that godfather thing yeah um, there were uh, there were a couple other things that, that also I'm also upset about um, you know it was nice that my dad raised me knowing that I wasn't his, but he also messed up my life and, and my mom's life. And why did she stay with him? Well, now we know why she stayed with him because she was obligated to him. He was raising a child that wasn't his. And he probably on his side, he probably thought he had a free pass to do whatever the heck he wanted because my mom was obligated to him. Um, the other thing that I'm angry with is that she brought Jack around me in 1979. I mean, I, I was 29 at that point. I was an adult. But she still brought him around me, and she went out, and she stayed out till 4. And it was very obvious what had gone on, and that was traumatizing to me. And now that I know the, the reality of the story, it's it's even more kind of in your face, you know? Mm. Um I think to myself, if my mom were alive and I would ask her and I would confront her, you know, that I found this out through DNA, I think her reaction would be um, the DNA is a bunch of crap and she would just shut down any further discussion. So I'm mad at that, even though she's gone. 
and I haven't been able to confront her. I just feel like knowing my mom, we all know how our moms react to things. Yeah. I feel like that would have been a reaction. So I'm mad at her for her reaction. You know, (laughs) she never had. Yep. (laughs) Um, And it's like, it's like ruined my relationship with her. You know, she was, she was my best friend. And after she died, I was really grief stricken and I really missed her. And now I can't even think about her because I just, I just get too upset. Um, one of the other things, you probably think this is goofy, but I, uh, I always hated being different. I was an only child. I was different that way. I had curly hair and freckles and, you know, hated that. Um, I, I hated everything about being different. I just wanted to be like all the other kids. And it's kind of like that with the NPEs too. All the other NPEs have mothers that slept with their neighbor or slept with their boss. But no, my mother slept with her cousin. And there's hardly any NPEs on the Facebook groups that have that situation. So, you know, again, I'm different. And yeah. I'm different in a really embarrassing, scandalous way. You know, um, I've also seen people mench- like make hillbilly references when you talk about cousin cousin um i was on one of the facebook groups and someone posted a question that said if if somebody married their first cousin what would their relationship be and i think it was a serious question and somebody answered hillbillies ha 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 yeah and i got really upset and um then i was listening to a podcast not yours somebody else's and Someone in the podcast, the person who was being interviewed, I think she said that her uncle was her birth father, but it wasn't her blood relative. And she made that clear. She said they, they weren't related. She said it wasn't a hillbilly type situation. And the mm. both of them both laughed. And mm. I wrote to the podcaster and I said, you know, I just wanted you to know that there are people out there with this exact situation. So please keep that in mind when you feel, you know, like you're going to make a joke about hillbillies or whatever. You know, it's it's hurtful. Um, and she wrote back and she was very appreciative that I brought that to her attention. So um, basically, um, I'm angry with all three of them, with birth mother, birth father, birth certificate father. Um, but the one thing I'm not upset with, and this is probably the thing that most MPEs are most upset about, that my father is not my real father. You know, most people are, are devastated to learn that. In my situation, I don't even care that he wasn't my real father. And in fact, I'm probably glad, knowing what I know about him now, I'm probably glad that I don't have his DNA in me. So that's one difference with my situation. After 2020, we had the, the pandemic, and then I learned I was an MPE. And as if it couldn't get any worse, my son, who was 41, died that year of a drug overdose. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, Lily, after that, kind of everything pales in comparison. You know, being an MPE is, is not the worst thing in the world now because that happened. You know, um, I didn't, I was going to tell him 
but I didn't get a chance to. And the day that he died, I was on the phone with him and um, I was, we were having a nice conversation and I was going to mention it to him, but I thought, you know, this is the kind of thing I, I think I need to tell him in person when I go up to Philly. And um, I didn't tell him. And then later on that day, I got a call that he was gone. And I'm so glad that I didn't tell him because his grandmother had um, been very involved. He was very close to her. She, you know, really helped raise him when I was working. So I'm glad that I didn't, you know, give him that information. Um, the other thing is, you know, I said I have all this anger and people say, You've seen on Facebook groups, they say you need to forgive and, you know, that's the only way you can move forward. And, and I, I don't, I don't feel that way. I don't know whether I'm ever going to forgive her. And I don't think that how I feel is like consuming me or changing my life. I, I feel like I am protecting myself, the, the feeling of they're all dead to me and I'm just not giving them any more time. That's the way I protect myself. Yeah. Um, I don't want to go to a therapist. I, I don't think the therapists are knowledgeable, knowledgeable enough about NP situations. And I think the therapist might say something that would piss me off. And um, so I don't think that that would really do me any good. You know, I just really appreciate listening to other people's stories and knowing that I'm not the only one out there mm -hmm. in this situation. Mm -hmm. I do have two funny anecdotes for you, though. Mm. Um, we have a cousin, a second cousin, on my mom's side, who's the family genealogist. And um, her name is Betty. And uh, when Mary came up as being Jack O'Doul's daughter, I called Betty and I was telling her, about this newfound revelation. And she was very interested because she does, you know, she adds people to the family tree all the time. And so the following year, I called her and told her, I said, remember when I told you about Mary, it was Jack O'Doul's um, daughter? And she knew Jack. She knows who he is. Um, I said, well, guess what? I said, I did um, 23 and Ancestry. And guess what? I found out He's my father, too. And she says, well, he can't be everybody's father. <laughs> and, well, he's trying his best to be everyone's father. <laughs> so, um, and then here's another weird thing. Um, after my mom died, I went to a medium to try to connect with her. And because um, she died kind of suddenly. And um, the medium was, you know, she was going on and on about a bunch of stuff that didn't make any sense. It wasn't relevant. And I really didn't get anything out of the whole session. And years later, when I realized I was an NPE, I looked back on that and I remembered the very first words she said to me were, who's Jack? Mm. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, nothing else. It didn't make sense at the time because I had an uncle named Jack. My, this is my mom's brother. But I wasn't, you know, particularly close to him, closer to him than any other uncles. Um, so it made no sense. And I just 
you know, kind of blew it off like everything else she said to me in that session. But now that I think of it, first words were, who's Jack? I'm like, my mom's guilt must have been coming through, you know? Wow. So, yeah, I thought that was really ironic. So, anyway, that's that's my story. I'm so glad you shared this. I've never had one recorded where it's there's a genetic relationship through the parents, through your birth parents. I've yeah. spoken with people, but they've... Um, I don't know if it's shame or embarrassment. They've never wanted to record. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's real. That is I, the, actually the person I'm thinking of that I am speaking to, um, her parent or she accidentally married her relative because she didn't know uh-huh. how she was related, but your, your parents did know they yeah. were related. They were first cousins. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, and it sounds like, you know, my mom was just uh was just taken in uh by him. He was he was quite the charmer and you know, I talked to um a couple of the cousins afterwards and my one cousin said, you know, she said my mom who was her my mom's that she and my mom were sisters. She said my mom acted that way about him too. She said one time I showed her a picture and he was in it and I said who's that? And she said, Oh, that's Jack O'Doul. And she said, you know, it was, it was definitely like she went in off into another world talking about him. Mm. And then, um, another cousin, I said, did you ever meet him? And she said, yeah, she said, I did meet him. There was a party for so-and-so and he was there. And she said, my, my dad really thought a lot of him brought me over to introduce me. And I talked to him. She said, when I walked away, I thought, what was that? Like he, he just is, is Mr. Charm. Wow. You know? So uh, yeah. I, think, I think that's what he did with my mom and he just took advantage of her. And, you know, I'm not saying she was not at fault, Yeah. but the, the actions afterwards were the things that I'm most upset about with the, with the Godfather and, you know, and staying, staying with my dad in that horrible marriage, you know, it, it just, it's, it's just an awful and then in 79, when she even, you know, went out with Jack again, how, how old were you when your mom spent that late night with, well, I guess uh, it would have been your birth father. Yeah, I was 29. Oh, wow. So yeah. this was, so this charm he had, that stuck with for decades. It did. It did. She was so excited when he called. And I still remember, I think that's when I said to her, you know, why did you, why is he my godfather, by the way? And that's when, you know, her face just lit up and, you know, it was, it was clear that she thought of him more than just a cousin. You know, she was like, just, I don't know, enamored. I don't know what you want to call mm-hmm. her, but um, yeah. Yeah. And, and that really upset me. Then I realized, you know, she brought, she brought him around me and I, mm-hmm. I don't even know Lily, like, my mom might have been in complete denial that he was my father by that point. You know, I think yeah. people can do that. You know, oh, yeah. she can just ignore that that actually happened. And um, and I've seen her do that before. She um, she had a stroke uh, years ago, and she came out of it okay, no lasting effects. Um, and I would say to her, uh, Mom, you know, Mom, you had, when you had your stroke, and she'd say, I don't believe I had a stroke. And I said, well, mom, there was a CAT scan. You had a stroke. Now, I don't believe it. 
And so that's kind of the power of denial that she wow. that she had. And so I feel like she might have just been, by the time he came up and I was 29, she might have not even given it a second thought that he was actually my real father. Mm. I don't know. I, that's what I'm starting to think this, what you just said, the power of denial. I, you know, I have no mental health background. I have no training in that, but I've heard so many stories and I'm like, I actually think these people believe they, they, their denial is so strong. They really, they believe, Oh no, I, you know, I didn't sleep with him or he's not the father of my child. And right. Yeah, that's, right. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, she thinks, well, the doctors were wrong. You know, yeah. They thought he was sterile, but yeah, you know, maybe a, a sperm got through. Who knows? So your birth certificate father then never had any biological children of his own. No, Mm-mm. no. It just it was just me who wasn't his. Just child. you. Yep. Just and then you. That miscarriage that they had had shortly after they were married. Oh well, then who's would the who do you think the miscarriage? Have you ever thought about? Well, the miscarriage okay. was um, right after they were married. And then later on in the Navy, he contracted some illness. Oh, so the miscarriage very well could have been his yes. child. Okay. Yes. yes. I think that, yeah. And I, I believe her um, because she said, when she said that was the only time I saw your dad cry, that sounded real. You know, yeah. I don't think she made that story up. So, yeah. so I just assumed there were all my life that, she was able to get pregnant, um, but it, it was hard for her for some reason, either on his side or her side. Um, mm-hmm. But now I know that she was able to get pregnant by him early in the marriage, and then he contracted this illness and made him sterile. And so, you know, he couldn't have any children after that. So mm-hmm. he, he knew I was not his. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm... Yeah. Isn't that and the and the fact that you picked Mary out a pink T-shirt when you guys invited her as the newfound adoptee to the family, and here she ends up really truly being your sister. My sister, yeah, mm-hmm. I that's know. Amazing. I know. That's really the uh, the only good thing that's come out of this is you know I finally have a sibling. Yeah. You know, like I said, we, we also have those other two siblings, but we're not we're not counting on them. We don't want any kind of relationship with them. I'm sure they would be very upset to know that we're out there. And the fact that you've seen that they think so highly of their father, because um, maybe if they, if you knew they that they didn't like Jack, it's like, oh, well, then maybe this is a safe half sibling to reach out to. But the fact that they speak so highly of them, I yeah, your your intuition might be right on how they would respond if you were to get right. in touch with them. Right. I did talk to um, one of his um, nieces, um, the member Betty, the family historian. Mm-hmm. She she knows this um, niece of Jack's. And I said, do you mind if I call her? I've never met her. She doesn't live around us or anything. Um, but anyway, I called her and I said, do you know about the story with Mary and she said yeah we just found out last year and then I told her my story and she said well she said uh, I'm really upset and sad for you and your situation she said but I am not shocked at all about him that he would have done that mm. and she, she did not have high regard for him at all either and she said either did her parents so he was you know 
it sounds like he was a cad. I don't know if anybody uses that word anymore, but, um, you know, all of the family knew it, but, you know, my mom just happened to be the one that fell for his, uh, his charms. Yeah. And Mary's teenage mom. Oh, Nancy, I just appreciate you sharing this so much. It, and I know you are willing to have other NPEs reach out to you. Is email the best way to get in touch with you? Sure, they can email me. My email address is M is in Nancy, K-A-U, F is in Frank, 92 at gmail.com. I, Nancy, I will put your email in the show description right below and and thank you so much for for waiting to share this story. I'm really glad we were able to capture this this NPE story today. Thank you for sharing, Nancy. Thank you for having me and thanks for all you do, Lily. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.